Today, you are going to be hearing a sermon from one of our ministers here on staff. We hope this word blesses you, and remember that we love and appreciate your time here. Now, let's hear what the Lord has for you today. to be in this place to worship you and uh, thank you for every single person that's here lord open up our ears and our hearts to receive your word in jesus name we say amen and amen today you all may be seated so good to be here and we want to welcome everybody here um here in the house of the lord once again if you're here for the very first time would you just wave your hand in the air just so that we can acknowledge you god bless you right here god bless you thank you for joining us and uh, just being a part of our worship experience and we always pray that uh, God would just bring in new folks as our family is truly growing here in the house of the Lord. And uh, good to have my good friend right here, uh, Pastor Soto here in the crowd. Uh, and we just thank you for just being here in the house of the Lord. Well, let's get right into the word of God and, um, and preach and hear what God has for our lives today. Turn your Bibles over to the book of 2 Kings chapter 3. If you can turn there with me, 2 Kings chapter 3. I want to... We were in the back... And um, I'm a preacher that gives my titles at the end of when I, um, when I do my sermon. It's funny, some people get the title and then, and then um, you know, go from there. But I always work with the scripture and then go with the, the title. And so we were in the back having too much coffee, um, really, uh, Brother Alex and Sylvia brought some coffee for the pastors and, you know, it just ended up being me and Brother Jesse and then Pastor Soto. So I said, well, let's just, I could have five cups. It's okay. So when I drink five cups of coffee, I don't know what I'm saying. So, so we had a debate back there. What should my title be? And, you know, I named it something godly and Pastor Soto named it something crazy, you know. So... Um, I want to speak to you, it's time to dig. And Pastor Soto said, don't be a ditch. <laughs> ditch, okay? You'll see in this scripture is that, in this scripture that we're about to, to read, it's about digging ditches in the ground. And I've always found that this scripture has, has really probably just laid a foundation in my life throughout my Christianity, and I actually kind of remember this uh, preaching uh, probably over, godly 25 years ago of, of my dad kind of preaching a, a sermon off of this, and let's get right into the Word of God, and, and, and I always find that um, 
scriptures like this and stories like this have a big role in who we are as Christians. So let's get right into it and apologize if I say some of these names wrong. Um, I just have slang and I pick up different names as you read the word of God. And, you know, those of you who can read the names really good, you guys are good. So the king of Edom and his troops joined them. And all three armies traveled along the roundabouts through the wilderness for seven days. But there was no water for the men or the animals. What should we do? The king of Israel cried out. The Lord has brought the three of us here to let the king of Moab defeat us. But King Jehoshaphat of Judah asked, Is there no prophet of the Lord with us? If there is, we can ask the Lord what to do through him. One of the kings of Droam, officers replied, Elisha's son, Elisha's son of Shophat is, is here. I, I trip out on these names back, Jehoshaphat, Shophat. I mean, I don't know if they were all fat. He used to be Elijah's personal assistant. Jehoshaphat said, yes, the Lord speaks through him. So the king of Israel, King Jehoshaphat of Judah, and the king of Odom went to consult with him. Why are you coming to me? Elisha asked the king. Go to the pagan, the prophets of your father and their mother. But the king Jerome said, uh, said no. For it was the Lord who called us three kings here, only to defeat, to be defeated by the king Moab. Elisha replied, and as surely as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, I wouldn't have even bothered you except for the, my respect of the king of Jehoshaphat of Judah. Verse 15, now bring me someone who can play a harp. While the harp uh, was being played, the power of the Lord came to Elisha and said, This is what the Lord said. This dry valley will be filled with pools of water. You will see neither the wind nor the rain, say the Lord, but this valley would be filled with water. You will have plenty for yourself and your cattle and other animals. But this is only a simple thing of the Lord, for he will make you victorious over the army of Moab. Verse 19, we'll close right here, and it says, you will conquer the best of the town, even forfeited ones. You will cut down all of their goods and trees and stop all their springs that ruin their goods in the land with stones. So as you begin to look at this scriptures, you begin to look at what's taking place. Elisha is actually the newest, mighted, probably superstar that is taking place. We know in the story before that his uh, his follower, the one that he was following, uh, got uh, taken in into heaven in a chariot, and now we begin to see that a new king, a new assignment has been placed. And when I begin to think about that, I think about what our church is going through, and our church is 
transitioning into. Pastor Ruben has laid the foundation. Uh, he has uh, birthed uh, many great leaders, uh, including myself. And uh, I'm really like a, 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 a third generation when I begin to think about that. I look at the, my father. My father was a pastor before, you know, anything else. And uh, my dad got saved uh, under Pastor Ruben and, and he became a pastor. And then I became a pastor under my father. And uh, it's just a generation of a generation that's taking place. And we begin to see that's taking place within our lives is that all of us in this room here today, we're getting uh, older, but we still look younger. Can somebody say amen? Uh, we're at a place of our lives where we need to see the move of God uh, take place within our lives. Uh, every single person in this room today uh, has a vital part uh, to what God wants to do in our lives. Uh, I say it this way. Uh, every person has wisdom. Every person has an anointing upon God. If you allow God to do that within your life. Uh, and I'm here today to tell you uh, is that as Elijah was taken uh, into, uh, into the skies, uh, now Elisha is the next man in charge. Uh, but there is a great need that is about to take place. Uh, there is something that's taking place when people's lives. Uh, and what I begin to say that is uh, that there were some people in this room here today, uh, you have been serving God uh, at a moment of your life. You've been serving God. Uh, maybe you're new to the Lord, uh, or maybe you're, you're, you're a veteran uh, where you know that God has been with you. Uh, but every season of our life, uh, there will be a season of dry ground. Where there is going to be a season for us uh, where we're not going to see any fruit. Uh, we're not going to see any blessings. Uh, see, there may be some people in this room here today. Uh, you're seeing the favor of God. Uh, everywhere you walk into, favor is happening. Uh, everywhere you walk into, uh, somebody's blessing you with something. Uh, that's great. Uh, rejoice in that. Praise God in that. Uh, but there are seasons uh, where you walk into a room uh, and it fills. Uh, like everybody's against you. Uh, you walk into a moment uh, and it feels like, like everything has ended. Uh, you're like, God, uh, I've been serving you. Uh, I've been worshiping you. Uh, but why does it seem so dry? Uh, why does my marriage seem dry? Uh, why does my family seem dry? Uh, why do my finances feel dry? Uh, and we come to a point of our lives uh, where we come to God uh, and we say, God, uh, I need a miracle in my life. Uh, I need a miracle to take place. Uh, but sometimes in our lives, uh, we come to a place like in this story, everything is dried up. No water, no chicken. I don't know how many texts I got after that. They're like, we want chicken after service. <laughs> Talking about offering, all they got was Chicken. first thing that we have to look at is a great need can be a good thing if it leads us into a deeper dependence on God. See, we all have a great need in our lives. Every single one of us in this room, we have a great need, but it should lead us to a 
deeper dependency on God. What we see in verse 13, he said, he said to the king, why do you want me involved? Go to the prophets of your fathers and your prophets and your mothers. And it's because you got to begin to think about that God chose him to be that appointed person in that time. When you begin to look at a greater need of things, it should lead you into the dependency that God is with you. Sometimes a great need can be the greatest thing, but I want you to understand as you begin to look at these things and begin to ponder on what you read in this text is that when you begin to see in verse 15, the hand of the Lord came to Elisha and said, this is what the Lord has said. This is what the Lord is about to do. And I'm here today to tell you is that you come into the house of God. Some of you have a deep need, a deep cry, a deep need where you begin to want to see what God is going to do in your life. I really feel that as we begin to come into this place, some of you are really searching for God. Like, God, why did you leave me in this desert? Not physically, but in the need of asking God for something great to take place. See, we all know and experience great things in our lives where that check came in the mail where somebody blessed you with a car where somebody blessed you with money we've all come to that and we we remember those things but how about the dry seasons of our lives the dry seasons where you begin to say god have you forgotten me have you left me out it really feels god like everything has just really crumbled i mean it's like that phrase when it rains it pours have you ever been there before it's like, God, it seems like you're ripping everything away from my life. God, I realize that some people treat God as a shortcut, but God is not your shortcut. God is your solution to life. See, we treat God like a lottery ticket. Uh, well, I need money now. Let me go ahead and get my lottery ticket. Uh, God, uh, I need you now. Let me go ahead and buy 20 lottery tickets. Uh, God, I need you now. Uh, maybe you hear me now. Uh, I'm here today to tell you that God is not a shortcut for your life. Uh, he's not a shortcut uh, to what you need right now. Uh, he is your solution to your life. Uh, when you need a solution uh, and you need a miracle you need to come to God and say God here I am see we all been in that place like you're doing 95 on the freeway and you see a cop you're like oh God oh please Jesus if you let me off the hook on this one I'll tithe and I'll go to church for a month Jesus it's the 28th of the month, and you just go those two days. <laughs> Miracles aren't magic tricks, uh, and faith is not a lottery ticket. Uh, faith is at work, uh, and we got to put our faith into work uh, of knowing uh, that God uh, is the only resource. Uh, and he begins to say, uh, only God can make it rain. Uh, but what he begins to challenge them in this story 
is that they have to now dig a ditch. See, that's the thing that we have to understand. Some of us uh, are waiting for the miracle, but we're not uh, preparing for the miracle. Uh, I'm about to preach on that uh, because we want the blessings. Uh, we want the miracle. Uh, but what God is saying uh, before the miracle take place uh, and before the rain takes place, uh, you got to prepare yourselves. Uh, you got to prepare your family. You got to prepare you. Uh, you got to prepare uh, what you're going to about to see because if you don't prepare yourself uh, for the miracle that is about to take place, uh, you won't utilize the miracle uh, and you won't utilize uh, the blessing that God gives you uh, properly. Uh, so God is saying in this story, uh, he is saying, uh, if you want it to rain uh, and you want me to make it rain, uh, because God is the rainmaker, uh, he is the provider, uh, he's the only one uh, and the only resource to life. Uh, so he is saying dig dig some ditches seems a little weird it's like how can am I going to go ahead and dig some ditches where there is no rain why am I going to go ahead and do this? Why am I going to go ahead and do this? There is no rain. I mean, it's dry out there. How do you want us to go ahead and do this where the ground is hard? Because there hasn't been any rain. So that means the ground is a little hard. And if you ever dug out in the, in the field and the roots and everything is dried up, it's hard to dig. It's hard to get the shovel in there. You're starting to use every muscle that you got. Your vein begins to pop out like mine is uh, and you begin to say how in the world uh, are we going to dig some ditches? Uh, well I'm here today to tell you uh, it's going to take some work uh, in your life. Uh, work in your marriage. Uh, work in your family. Uh, work in your finances and everything that you do to be prepared for what God is about to do in your life. See, transformation happens through participation in the purpose of God. The kings came to him looking for a miracle. But Elisha gave them some instructions to do in our lives. Recently, there was an article of, everyone knows who Dave Ramsey is. Dave Ramsey is the Christian type of uh, financial matter guy who gives advice and doesn't believe in anything else but just paying everything off. Recently, there was a person who sued Dave Ramsey because, because everything else fell apart. Dave Ramsey's uh, method is saying this. You got yourself in this ditch. Now you got to go ahead and get yourself out of this. Uh, he is saying prepare yourself. Uh, do this and do that and do that. We don't want to hear instructions like that. We want to begin to have the resolution uh, right up front. Uh, we want uh, the big miracle ahead. Uh, we want the $3,000 check uh, in the mail to pay off 
off the IRS. We want to call IRS and tell them that you're a Christian and that you've been a Christian and that you want the IRS guy in the customer service line. Don't worry. I'm going to go ahead and do a miracle. That's what we want. But we don't get that. There's instructions that God says in order for your marriage to get a little bit better, then you got to treat your spouse a little bit better. If you want your kids to line up, then you got to show them love and begin to show them who you are as a Christian. If you want God to work in your life, there is instructions that you got to do. See, it's, it's, it's really tough because you say, well, I thought God loved me. I thought God is the miracle working God. He is. But it takes time in what God is going to do in our lives. He wanted their faith in motion before he moved. It would be great just to pray and bam, shazam, there it is. Lord, give me some hair, shazam. I always know how to get your attention. Right? That's how we want God to work, right? God provides. Shazam, boom, there it is. As long as I've been serving God, it's a matter of waiting on God. He wanted their faith in motion before he moved. And this is the pattern of God. I mean, Jesus one time had some hungry people sitting there on a grass. We know the story where there was one little boy who was smart enough to bring his food. Jesus wanted to see what type of faith they had. And we know the story. When you begin to look at verse 17 now, we begin to look now as Elijah gives the second part of this prophecy, this king, this part of the kings that they wanted to hear. And he said in verse 17, for this is what the Lord says, you will see neither wind nor rain, yet this valley be filled with water. But in order to get there first is that you have to begin to trust that God is going to do what he's going to do. About making these valleys full, making these valleys overflow with with something that is taking place that they haven't seen or what is taking place there. Dig. Dig and dig. I realize how many of them actually digged and how many depended on the other person to dig. I'm going to let that sink in a little bit because, because a lot of times we don't want to do the work. 
We want other people to do the work. We want pastor to do all the praying. We want the ministers to do all the praying. We want our leaders to do all the praying. I'm here today to tell you that you serve the same God that pastor serves. You serve the same God that I serve. That means when you cry out to the king, you cry out, Abba, Father. I'm here today to tell you we are crying out to the same Father, the same King, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And I'm here today to tell you that we all need to dig into the ground to prepare for the miracle, to prepare for what God is going to do in our lives. How many digged? Should have brought a shovel and and some dirt. Oh, I'm tired. Keep going, Cooper. You're stronger than I am. Keep going. Oh, help me out, Coop. Go ahead. I've learned in my Christianity, the more and more that you dig, the more and more that you pour in, the more and more that you do, when God reigns, it fills and it fills and it fills. It's like any of you, I better say this right. I'd, I almost said it, and you're like, yeah, me. How many of you are big drinkers, non-alcoholic, okay? <laughs> I saw it before it came out. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm a big drinker. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's like when you go to a restaurant, it's like they just give you the little ones. And I drink water. I'm like, I need some more water. Until finally I just leave the pitcher here. Gosh. Right? I mean, like when you go to Los Seals and they give you that big mug, it's like, holy moly, thank you, Jesus. Somebody's got it right. See, but some of us are, are satisfied. I think I saw one right here. Yeah. See, some of us are satisfied by digging this small and saying, God, fill me up this much. I'm satisfied with this much. Could you imagine the ones that only digged this far, what they got? I realize the bigger that you dig and the bigger that you begin to continue to dig to God uh, and when God pours out his blessings, uh, when he pours out his anointing uh, and when the rain comes, uh, he overflows our cups uh, and overflows that ditch. Uh, Let it run over, God. uh, Enough for that I can pass it on, God. Uh, Let it run over uh, because I got plenty. Uh, I got so much that I'm going to pass it out uh, to other people. Uh, I'm done uh, with these little cups. Uh, I'm done with that. Uh, give me a big gulp, God. Uh, give me the biggest gulp that you have because uh, I want it. Uh, fill it up, God. <sighs> Thank you. Don't drink it, though. 
<laughs> he says, yet this valley will be filled with water and your cattle and your other animals will drink. Do you see that? It's saying the water will be filled you will have water. And now what does it say? It says not only will you have water, but your cattle will have water. Verse 18, and it says this is easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, he will also deliver Moab uh, into your hands. Uh, you will uh, overthrow everything uh, forfeited in the city of every major city. Uh, you will cut down every good tree and stop them in their spring uh, and ruin every good field uh, with the stones. Uh, and then it says something so powerful, uh, something so profound. Found. In verse 20, it says, and the next morning, it says the next morning, say with me, the next morning, the next morning, about this time of this, the offering of the sacrifice of the water was flowing from the direction of every direction. That's heavy. Because when you begin to think about that. When I talk to couples today, they say, Pastor, you know, what's the key to good marriage and good relationship? I, I've grown in my marriage. We've been married uh, going on 26 years, and, and God has just been, yeah, I got married when I was 12. And, um, you know, you, you <laughs> uh, so one thing that I've learned is in the years before, I used to just pray by myself, or she would just pray by herself. When we go to bed, we pray, and we ask. It's short, five, two minutes, sometimes just one minute. I said, God, let your favor of your power and blessings run over our family so that when we wake up in the morning, we feel refreshed. Something powerful in that verse. It says, and the next morning, how would it feel that when you woke up in the next morning, the power of God fell over your marriage, all over your kids? What if in the next morning, you opened up your bank account and all of a sudden, oh, something took place. Oh, what if something that next morning, a healing took place. You woke up, you went to bed with a limp but you woke up in the morning with a pep in your step I'm here today to tell you that what if the next morning the power of God just fell over your life with the water running over God that's what I pray for every single night I say God only you know that we need a miracle We need a miracle. As I wrap this up, and when you think about if you dig the ditches, God will bring the rain. But what ditches is God calling you to dig? What part are you asking God to do? 
What ditches are you asking God to fill in your life? For some of you in this room here today, you're dealing with a situation in your life where you're, you, you don't even know how to handle it anymore. You're, you're at a place where you're like, God, my hands are tied. I need a miracle. It's crazy. In these last couple of years where we've seen how God provided, 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 provided. The other day, my wife and I were, were, we were talking and we're like, oh, God. Hey, God, you got us here. And now all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's like one of those things where you, you ever had those moments where you're like, oh, okay. You're like, oh, God. No, I'm the only one that does stuff like that. Like, oh, I like to give you visuals, you know? <laughs> Any of you ever done that move? Like, oh. Some of you are doing it right now. You're like, oh. And I said this. I said, I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know how it's going to happen. Because I don't. I honestly don't. I don't. But I'm going to dig and dig and dig and dig. The other thing that you have to realize this is that are you available? Are you willing to dig? Because I mentioned a little while ago, we're dependent on everybody else to dig. We're depending on everybody else to pray on Sunday nights. I've learned that God is not waiting for me or for you to be able He's waiting for you to have faith just to get started. Just to get started. That's all he's asking for. He's just asking for us just to get started. To see where our faith is at. You're not going to see a, a true transformation in your marriage overnight, the next day or the week. He just wants to see you get started on it. Your kids are not going to come overnight. Your kids are not going to come, uh, you know, within that week. He just wants to see where your faith is at and just get started. You're not going to see a transformation in your finances overnight. He just wants to see you get started. It's a matter of digging. This crowd's a little tough, God. It's hard, God, but I'm going to keep on doing it. 
Because as you get past two inches, it gets even harder. And you're like, you're like on the shuffle now. You're like, right? You're trying to put every weight on there. You're like, some of you broke it. But you're like, I'm going to keep on. And then when God sees our faith coops, and he sees our action in motion, then he says, let it rain. And the ditches begin to get full of water, not just for you, but for the cattle. And if I can translate it into this generation, you will see his blessing, your children, and your children's children will see the blessings of God. Come on, let's give God a big shout of praise and glory. Come on. Give them glory in this place. Come on, somebody give them glory. Stand to your feet and give them glory in this place. Uh, come on, somebody give them glory. We worship your name.